she's a prominent attorney. She is the money lady. Together, together we, are we are the, the people, people helpers. helpers. Hi, I'm Deanna Rossi. And Greg Rossi. And we are here today to discuss with you legal money and life tips. And we are at Prima Cucina Italiana in downtown Youngstown. And go ahead, I'll let you do the introduction. Well, it's one of our favorite places. And we're with my nephew, the proprietor, the executive chef and owner, Joshua Santangelo. And we love this place so much. So we thought we'd have our first podcast from here. and. Fittingly at Prima, which means first or best. Absolutely. And Josh, you have a couple of really fantastic dishes that everyone in town loves. Can you kind of fill us in on some of those favorites? Well, we're known for uh, regional Italian cooking, and uh, our most popular dishes are the eggplant parmesan, mm, my favorite. Uh, the tomahawk uh, rib chop, and our uh, spaghetti carbonara. Oh, yeah, the carbonators. We might have to come back tonight. We may need to be back here tonight. But now we have a favorite drink here. So can you tell us about, you can tell them about our favorite drink and a couple of your other great, amazing drinks that you serve here. <laughs> you, you go ahead and tell them about it. <laughs> oh, so, okay. You so my favorite drink is a Manhattan. And here we call it the Primo Baccio, which means Primo first, Baccio kiss. And it's significant to Deanna and me because... Uh, I used to drink those drinks here at, when it was Roberto's prior to Prima, and that's what I had when Deanna and I had our first date. And uh, it's Primo Baccio, first kiss, and... Because a couple of months later, he kisses me, and I said, oh my gosh, that tastes like first kiss. And he says, how do you know that? And I said, what do you mean, how do I know that? I know what it tastes like. And he said to me... Same bourbon, same vermouth, same cherries. It was the identical drink, mm -hmm. and uh, the rest is history. And so Josh serves that exact drink with the same Antica Carpano vermouth and those Luxardo cherries. And so the bullet, bullet rye, man, and, bullet yes, rye and the bullet rye. So Josh, thank you so much for allowing us to host from here today, and we hope many people come down to enjoy all those great dishes and obviously a Primo Baccio as well. Absolutely. All right, thanks. Well, and now we want to discuss with you all a little bit about some concepts well one of the concepts that actually brought us together you know we wanted to talk to you a little bit about accidents i actually first met greg 20 some years ago because i'd gotten a car accident i had some uh young gentleman had went left of center and he hit me head on and at the time what do you do when you see a car coming at you head on i absolutely stiffened up i saw it was going to happen there was nothing i could do but slow down. I was almost stopped by the time he hit me. However, that impact injured me. Now at the time, it was a bit of a fender bender. It wasn't too terrible. However, within the weeks to come, now my body reacted to that and had to get treated for the accident, started passing out. There was all kinds of fun stuff. And what ended up happening is I started getting treated by different doctors and a couple of those uh, people that were treating me said, you really need to see an attorney. And I got referred to the greatest attorney in town, attorney Greg Rossi. What was interesting though, is prior to her, to her coming to us, she had been contacted directly by the insurance company mm -hmm. um, in their efforts to try to settle early on before you know the nature and extent of the injuries. Is there any permanency? Is there gonna be residual? What are we dealing with? What are the medical bills? And she wisely sought the opinion of number one, her medical professionals, 
uh, which is important, but number two, the legal professionals, what are my rights, what should I do? And she made a very wise decision to want to understand exactly what's going on. What is the, you know, what is the nature and extent of the injuries? What are we dealing with? What's the future hold? Because once you take a few bucks and sign the, 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 the paperwork, the release, you're done. Your case is over. Uh, so the other thing that's interesting is she talked to her medical providers who know which lawyers they work with well and who are, have your best interest at heart, as well as the medical providers, which is very important. And you need, uh, my father always used to say, you need a strong lawyer and a strong doctor. If you don't have either, if you're missing one or the other, your case will be very difficult. Um, and in this case, she had a doctor who cared about her, a doctor who was familiar with me, knew that I looked after my client's best interest, and he testified, did a great job. And this was one where even when we were involved, we couldn't settle it reasonably. And what's the alternative to a reasonable settlement, if they're being unreasonable, is take it to trial. And at the time, uh, one of our associate attorneys, an excellent trial attorney, took this case all the way to jury verdict and got Which her- Which took four years. Yeah, but ended up getting her almost 10 times what the offer was just prior to trial. And um, that's, that's a great moral of the story. It was a great result. Uh, and now 20 some years later, we're now married. It was like five, 10 times, well, it was way, it was way more was than what they originally offered. So what ends up happening is I get in this car accident, I'm 19, I'm still living at home. And the insurance agent for the adjuster, I should say, for the other company came to our home and he uh, basically said, hey, we're gonna give you this couple thousand dollars, which didn't even cover the medical bills. And at first, I mean, that would have seemed great for a 19-year-old college kid to get a couple thousand bucks, but I also was still being treated. So like he said, wisely, my parents said, you know, and I know a lot of you feel this way. You're like, we're not the type to sue. We didn't really wanna sue and we've kind of felt bad that, you know, it was a young kid who had hit me. It was a slippery day but he was at fault. He was driving too fast over a bridge in bad weather conditions. And he slid across the center and, and did hit me. So, but I, we didn't know how long I was gonna have to be treated for, which I still suffer, suffer from the injury today. However, I was so wisely counseled to see an attorney. And I don't think that I would have thought that that was you know, something that I would have done at the time, but I'm so glad that I did. Right, but let's look at the alternative. Um, a couple of weeks after the accident, some insurance company says, here's a couple thousand dollars. Mm -hmm. You settle, you sign the release, your case is closed. 20 years later, you're still having problems. Yep. Now, frequently people get recover and, and that's good. Uh, other times they don't, it becomes chronic, becomes permanent. You have a doctor who says, hey, this is gonna be, this is gonna plague you. Um, and that's why it's so important to get that advice early yep. on. What are your rights? And early on, you don't know what we're dealing with. We don't know the nature and extent of the injuries. We don't know if there's permanency. Hopefully there's not permanency and you get better after a couple of months of therapy and, and go on. Um, but there are times when, when it's not um, you know, healed in a three to six month period of time, becomes permanent or chronic. And that's when you certainly need an attorney to say, what are your rights? But also then to prove your case. So one thing about myself is, you know, I'm a personal injury attorney. I'm a trial attorney. We've had great success and you have to be able to, to back up what you believe the value of the case is worth, but then prove the injuries, prove the damages, prove the award, prove the settlement, or, or what, what can be either settlement or at trial. And um, you know, 
that's why you need to consult your professional as early as possible um, and get that advice. And you did, this is one of the things that made me say absolutely this is who I want as my attorney because you said to me, and I'll never forget it in this first meeting, that you said, you know what, I'm not the type that's just going to settle. I'm going to do what's right for you and if I have to take this to trial, I'm going to do that. And right. you said, you know, it may be years, and it did, it took years till we got to that trial, but was it worth it? It right. really was worth it, and I'm glad you gave me that <clears> advice, <throat> and I think there are a lot of attorneys out there that just want to try to settle a case for oh, someone yeah. when they should push it a little further, and I admire that and, about you. But let practice. me let me be clear, there are cases that absolutely should, should be settled. Should. They absolutely. should not see the inside of a courtroom. There are too many issues, the risks are too great, the uncertainty is there, um, but what we're talking about is where it's a situation where what is the value, you have differences of opinion of, of value, whether or not you should or should not go to court, that's when you need the trial attorney uh, who has a relationship with the doctors or knows how to prove the medical and the injuries and take up the trial, uh, has the jury experience, knows the community, uh, knows the lay of the land, and has demonstrated results which frequently generate the settlements, but when you when you can, you need to be able to continue on. But there are cases, absolutely, that I recommend to the you, client. You should this is in your best interest because this could be potentially very good, but potentially very bad. Right. And when there's risk, there's compromise. When there's greater risk, there's greater compromise. Um, but you have to look at that objectively. And that's really one of the traits that I believe I do so well that I've been trained from my father, Daniel Rossi, the dean of a trial, trial attorneys in, in Mahoney County, is you have to look at things objectively, but you also have to be, have to be able to back up what, what your position is um, and, and not be afraid. Uh, there are times though when you have concerns <laughs> and you tell the client that, why? Yeah. And, and that's what makes a good attorney in my opinion. Um, and, and so we've had a lot of great success and um, you know, we're here to help. And I want to clear something up on that, too. I think a lot of times people feel like that they are suing the person. And you're not suing the person. I, I was feeling guilty at first, like, I'm going to sue this kid. But really, you're suing their insurance company. Well, not, not exactly. So let's, not, let's not, say, well, yes, yeah. yeah, so kind of explain that and that differentiation. It's not like I was, it was not like he had to pull the money out of his right. pocket. So, and I didn't understand that at the so time. So in a lawsuit, she did have to sue the other driver. I However. Thankfully, he had insurance. His insurance that. will protect and indemnify if there is a verdict against him, and that's exactly what happened here. The verdict actually was um, significant, and he had significant coverage. Um, but it is a claim, um, and it's one thing I really want to talk about today. Well, what happens if somebody does I mean, that gentleman had insurance. I had insurance. Right. But what happens when you don't have insurance? Let's talk about that. Well, let, let me... so. If you do not have insurance, then it's called being hit by an uninsured motorist and you're legally entitled to recover from the uninsured motorist. And my experience here in Mahoning County is about one out of eight people are uninsured. Wow. It's one of the first things that people let go. They got to put food on the table, they got to put gas in the car, they let their auto insurance go. And so we see that time and time and time again. However, what is insurance? Insurance is protection. So you should have your own insurance and you should absolutely have uninsured motorist coverage in the event you're hit by an uninsured motorist. You have to protect yourself. So and what do you think about the minimum liability? Well, horrible. The, so okay, so, talk so about I've that. been a lawyer for 33 years. For the first 30 years, the state minimum liability insurance was $12,500 per person, ah. $25,000 per accident. That's 
Nothing. Nothing. Now, the, That's a cast you, on your leg. You ever go to Columbus and see all those big buildings? <laughs> Everyone's an insurance company. They don't want it. They take the money, pay out as little as possible. A few years ago, it was changed to 25,000 state minimum per person, 50,000 per accident. Still, peanuts. So you have an uninsured situation where you don't, the person doesn't have insurance. So you got to protect yourself. I recommend a minimum, $100,000 uninsured motorist mm -hmm. coverage mm -hmm. at a minimum. But not only does it provide uninsured, it provides underinsured. So let's say that person who hits you has the 25,000 state minimum, but you're badly hurt. Their insurance company will pay the 25. Currently under Ohio law, you can get up to the 100 minus the 25. So you could potentially have an additional $75,000 that would protect you if you had 100,000 uninsured motors. If you didn't protect yourself and only had 25,000, the most you would get is 25,000, which in this day and age, if you have a, a significant injury, is, is not adequate, not sufficient. So protect yourself. At least $100,000 uninsured motors coverage and maybe even an umbrella. If you can't afford the umbrella, fine. But at least 50,000, if not 100,000. So but it protects you in uninsured and in underinsured. And in this community, in my opinion, one out of eight is uninsured. I would say one out of two is underinsured. Um, and that's where you have to protect yourself because- So you just mentioned something that some people may not know what you were talking about. So there's something called an umbrella policy. So he's talking about car insurance, this overinsured and underinsured. There's also homeowner's insurance to be able to protect you in certain regards, what for accidents, different types of accidents, but also there's something called umbrella coverage. Right. So umbrella coverage covers all types of different situations and different types of lawsuits. Can you right. kind of speak to what umbrella coverage is? Because a lot of people aren't familiar. Sure. So you need your base automobile liability policy. You need your base homeowners if you're a homeowner. Then you can have an umbrella policy, which is in on top of those. So it serves as an umbrella over those policies. And it could be up to a million dollars or more, depending could upon you your risk more. and very reasonably priced. And but it's an extra layer of protection. Again, what's insurance protection? You have a lot of assets. You you struck somebody and killed somebody. You don't have insurance, but you have a lot of assets. Your assets are at, at risk, at jeopardy. You have a, a lot of assets. You should have a lot of insurance. You're worth a lot of money or you, your, your life is valuable. You want to have higher insurance and uninsured coverage as well. So, And we've seen this on a case where you had somebody who was hit and the driver was not only did their insurance have to pay out, but then they had to pony up some money over and above that. Very infrequently can you get money blood out of a stone or blood out of a turnip, <laughs> as they say. Uh, in, in a handful of cases, where we've gone beyond the insurance company and got personal contributions from the insured. But it's that's rare. going that's going the extra step. Yeah. Because usually those people are uncollectible or they could be bankrupt. And that's a situation where they don't have enough insurance but may have exposure and assets. Uh, but collectability is different than insurability. Um, you know, so collectability is always an issue. I've had cases that are worth millions of dollars, but there was very minimal insurance. Or I've had cases where there's millions of insurance and very little injury. Yep. Um, and but you know, if if you are unfortunately involved in a crash, that's of significant. You want to make sure you have protected yourself. Hopefully, there's enough liability insurance, mm -hmm. or at a minimum, you've protected yourself sufficiently through uninsured motorists. And um, so you let's know, talk about that protecting yourself. So what everybody should do is make sure that they review their homeowner's policy and review their auto insurance and, and make sure that you have what right. you an umbrella added on right. should you need that 
so talk to your insurance agent about that. You're saying make sure that they have the un underinsured. Uninsured, and underinsured. underinsured. And that's a very inexpensive coverage. Um, and your, your insurance agent will know about it. The problem with people getting insurance is they want minimum coverage as cheap as possible, but yet they're not protecting themselves for an additional coverage that is very reasonable and could make life-changing situation and if you were a, in that unfortunate situation. And I've had a lot of people say to me, well, my car's worth nothing, so I just have the basic policy that... But well, your body's worth... Cars, but your body... Yeah, so explain that, because yeah. I think a lot of people think, hey, if I get in an accident, so what? The car is worth junk anyway, right. so I'm going to have this small amount of insurance. But, it, but if you have a good insurance agent and you have a car that's not worth... You may not even have collision coverage, because that's a very expensive premium. But uninsured, underinsured, and medical pay coverage very inexpensive. The most expensive coverages are liability coverage and uh, collision coverage. Um, so you can have a, a, a junker, but yet have $100,000 uninsured motorists and get hit by an uninsured motorist and have you've, you've protected your body, your bodily injury, which is far greater than your vehicle. Absolutely. Um, but, but, you know, consult your professionals. But I tell clients all the time, especially when I see that they don't have adequate coverage, Go talk to your agent, get more coverage, at least find out what the price differential is. Uh, but it's invaluable to have in the time of need. And that time of need happens frequently uh, and when you're least expecting it. And mm -hmm. that's, that's we see it all the time. We see it all the time. So let's kind of talk about some of the things we do see all the time, especially on the financial end. So you get in this accident, now all of a sudden you have this money, potentially if you got a settlement and or if you went to trial and got and got awarded some money. So now what we've seen is you've seen it, I've seen it as a financial professional, you've seen it as an attorney, that somebody takes this money and next thing you know, it's gone. They didn't use it for their treatment, they didn't use it, you know, they, they had bills to pay and whatever else, and it disappears. So there's right. a few different ways people can protect themselves. You and I have had this conversation multiple times on, on clients that we've referred back and forth to each other. One of the main keys, in my opinion, is if you were in an accident, make sure that any of those awards or settlements, that you do not co-mingle those with anyone that you're married to or living with, right? Because what happens? Well, yeah, not only that, but if, if, even if a creditor is going to try to come after you for some reason, some of those funds might be exempt. But if you can't show that they came from the personal injury award and are kept separate, then a creditor could get that. Secondly, if you commingle them or what's called transmute them, it could lose the character of being separate property and that could be an issue in a divorce context or disillusion. Uh, you want to have traceability of those funds. Uh, let's say you're not married, you get funds, you, you want to buy a house with your, your uh, partner and you put money in, that could be a real issue. You have to show it came from the personal injury recovery, went into your account and then you contribute that money towards that joint property and then at least you'd be protected from so that you part that, you should have a document to make sure that they sign that, that that down payment or that money that you right. use to help close on that house came from that right. in case anywhere down the line you would need to make sure that we know where that money came from so, so you're saying in case of a lawsuit in case of divorce right. or anything like right. that we want to make sure that we know where the funds came from right and and um, what we think about as lawyers is what can happen <laughs> um, what are the contingencies? Uh, and hopefully those don't happen, but they do happen. We see it happen. So therefore, we plan for those contingencies and say, look, keep this separate so nobody can, nobody can touch it. Um, and and that, you still need to consult an advisor on that yep. because some of those funds could be non-exempt 
um, from creditors. Uh, but that's consult your your bankruptcy, you know, or or lawyer with respect to those your rights with respect to those funds. But um, very important. So I like to say, if it's a big chunk of money, set up a separate account, make a separate deposit. Don't put any money in there, and that's your personal yep. injury account. Yep. And now, obviously, if you're going to go and and if I would refer the person to Deanna and she's going to do investments, then again, that money would We're go not in, op it. not commingle it, open up an investment account. The, the source of those funds was the investment, I mean, right. was the recovery, and then there's investments. And even if you're going to buy property with that, you can still make sure that it's documented appropriately. So sometimes people end up with large amounts of funds. Let's say it's in the, the millions or hundreds of thousands. They may take that and separate that out into we don't want to stick it all under the mattress, right? That's the number thing. one thing you don't want to do is just stick it in a savings account or in a mattress where you're not getting any interest on it. So you do want to potentially put that into investments. One of my pieces of advice is always diversify your investments. So you may put that into an investment account. Maybe some people buy real estate, but there are ways of documenting that transaction if you bought property with that to be able to say, hey, this was from that. And so that you can have that traceable 10, 15, 20 years from now, if you ever needed that to be traceable. Right. So that's a, that's a very important key right. fact. And, and what you have to remember is some of these recoveries are meant to be for the rest of your life, right. for your future pain mm -hmm. and suffering, for your future medical. I've had people get large sums of money and within a year the money is gone. It's like people exactly. winning the lottery, yep. analogous, I'm not saying it's a lottery situation, but getting that money and then not investing properly, protecting it, securing it. Do you know how many people are completely broke five years right. after winning the lottery? So what it's, I like to see, and it's hard to do because you have to be disciplined. I like to see people put money in where it's not a portion of it. And again, consult the advisor. Deanna knows this very well. You don't want all your money liquid, meaning, or you don't want it all illiquid. But some portion of it probably should be illiquid so that you can't touch that. It's, it's there for, for your future and for well, and your needs. And also when you and have investments and you put money places that are not as liquid, there's also potentially tax benefits to it. So you do want to sit down with an appropriate advisor that can also take that money and tax strategize with it. In addition to that, make sure that you're strategizing for a good rate of return. So yes, you rule of thumb, don't put all your eggs in one basket. And a proper advisor should make sure that they diversify it for tax strategies for now the money actually from most lawsuits are not taxed for most initially is non-taxable because it's not the income interest but the interest you gain so let's say you took that money and stuck it stuck it into some stocks or something and those stocks ended up going up in value plain old stocks you're gonna have to pay taxes on that every year there are other types of investments if, where if you, you can if you take the gains sure you could yeah. defer there are things, that, that's a whole other conversation, but there are things called annuities that would defer those taxes until you would ever take the funds out. And there are some other options that you could put it in that would be completely tax advantaged, but only appropriate based on each person. So we won't go in that in detail. That has to be discussed with your advisor. So the bottom line is consult your trusted professionals yep. um, from the attorney, from the accountant, from the financial, and rely upon those. Um, in this day and age, people think they know everything, can do everything, and <laughs> we have become experts in our respective fields, and there's a reason for that. Um, we laugh, you know, consult <laughs> Dr. Google. Um, people well, do that. Now, being informed and educated is good, good, but you need to talk to your trained, well, you educated, experienced professional 
And that's that's what we are. And it's okay to Google what surgery you're going to have Absolutely. ahead of time, but you're going to have a surgeon right. do the surgery. Right. And that's what you know your legal and financial professionals do. It's okay to be educated, but at the same time, you've got to put it in their hands and you've got to let them and trust them to be able to help guide you to make the right decisions. Because you were saying Dr. Google, but there's also attorney Google yeah. and financial advisor Google. And those are general advice sometimes or advice that's not particular to the situation, right. and so it's always got to be particular to your my, situation. My dad and I used to laugh. Somebody would come in and say, well, my uncle said my case is worth $100,000. <laughs> and we'd say, oh, really? Well, you know, we're, your uncle is a lawyer, has a law degree? Oh, no. And he's had a lot of jury experience? No. You know, but, but he, he's, a, he's a doctor? No. Um, you know, but, but he knows what the value of the claim is. We would laugh um, and tell the you know, client that. It's like, you know, there's a reason why you're coming to us. Listen to us for our professional advice and recommendation. Um, and there's a reason why you've turned to us. Then rely upon the expert, uh, just as we rely on, on others who are more knowledgeable in their respective fields. Right. Um, but it's, uh, there's nothing wrong with having a lot of information. But in this day and age, there are so many things that are complicated that you cannot do it on your own. Mm -hmm. um, you can try, and we've seen, you know, miserable you know failures um, and we don't want that to happen to anybody because um, you know insurance companies or other people they're Ooh, there to, to but take another advantage good point, and and we're going to end real uh, on on this i think you got to realize i think a lot of people don't realize this they think i can't afford an attorney and in an accident sense most often what is going to happen is you're not going to shell out anything most often there's right. sometimes you would but typically in, in when, the injury context in the right. injury context what ends up happening you get in this car accident and you think i can't afford an attorney they typically get paid a percentage of what you win now that percentage could be based on if they it's go to trial right. yeah but there's well right. not always negotiable depending on some people's but yeah. if you go to trial then obviously they're going to get paid a little bit more because they got to put in more work and they should get paid they're going to do this work for you so that you can concentrate on your health so you can concentrate on getting better and put that burden on them for them to worry about. Right. And it really is, be an expert mm -hmm. in the field you're an expert in. And we see this all the time. You have other attorneys that refer business to you absolutely, because you this is your specialty. Right. Or they've even, we have a, a few attorney friends that have been in an accident this isn't their specialty and they come to you for you to handle it and the same in my field right. there are people that may know insurance but then they don't do investments or vice versa and then they come to me because that may be something that i can help them with so definitely you know, go to your that's a great feeling when you you're respected by your peers right. um i've represented lawyers <laughs> and um and, and and well but um at my first meeting with my clients i tell them look worry about getting better being compliant with your treatment. Uh, we'll see where you end up in terms of are you made a full recovery or not. Okay. Let me handle everything else. Your goal is to get better. Uh, be compliant, get the treatment you need. Don't worry about the bills. I'll worry about the bills down the road based upon our skill set to recover for you. Mm -hmm. Whether or not it's bills, wages, future, pain and suffering, uh, aggravation, inconvenience, mental anguish, whatever it may be, We'll worry about proving that if, in fact, that exists. Um, and if it doesn't, then that's not part of your, your claim. Um, but what's important is get the treatment, get better, focus on that, dump the problems, issues into our hands, yep. uh, the expert professionals who will competently and zealously represent you uh, in, within our best ability, 
to do what's right under the law and the facts. And that's, that's uh, where our experience comes in. And that's why we're people helpers. That's why we're people helpers. Well, it's been a pleasure chatting with all of you today. We hope you tune in for some of our other episodes. We'll go into uh, additional legal, financial, and life topics. So it's been a pleasure chatting with everyone today. It's great to be here with my wife and great to be here with all of you. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.